Welcome to the 1% Club. If you guys want access to all my MMA plays and tell exactly what I'm doing, make sure you join the Discord by clicking the link in the description below. What's up, guys? Welcome back. One Club Podcast. UFC 281 coming up. Madison Square Garden, New York, New York. Another stacked card. The last pay per view was nuts, and we were just looking through this. Uh, we were just looking through the matchups here, and let's, let's start, start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. We're not going to cover everything, but man, first fight of the night: Carlos Uber uh, versus uh, Nikolai Negamaranu. That's a, a great fight. Arce Montel Jackson, great fight. Uh, Trezano Wu Choi, great fight. Uh, Juarez and Kovacevich has everything to be fireworks on it. Uh, sleeper fight right here: Ottoman Azatar. Matt Favola, uh, Petroski, and and Terman. This, dude, this this is stacked. Reyes, Span. Let's start here. Let's start with Aaron Blanchfield versus Meatball Molly. Listen, I've been really impressed with Meatball lately, right? She's coming off two spinning back elbow knockouts. Is that right? That's that's uh, it's pretty impressive. Click click on her because I I feel like I feel like she's uh, improved, especially in the takedown defense and in the wrestling uh, portion lately. Now I will say this: the level of competition. Is not Aaron Blansfield. Like she's fought uh last two were, were Carolina and Goldie. I would not stack those two up to uh to Aaron Blansfield in any way, shape, or form. Go back, let's hit uh hit uh Blanchfield. Wins over JJ Aldridge, Random Maverick. You know, the, the Maverick win is is pretty impressive. And and uh listen, this I think this is gonna boil down to whether or not Blanchfield is gonna get the takedowns or not. Cause I gotta think that that's gonna be the biggest discrepancy and skill is going to be the grappling of Blanchfield over meat, uh, meatball Molly. However, Molly has shown improvement lately in the takedown defense department against lesser competition. Listen, I'm a huge meatball Molly fan. I think this is a extremely difficult matchup for her. Uh, but this could potentially be her coming out party. You know, if, if Molly wins this fight, she's going to solidify herself as one of the top people in this 125. uh, top gals in this 125 division. I think Blanchfield has already kind of done that with the win over uh, Maverick, and then, you know, she just beat uh, J.J. Aldrich, but she's a uh, she's very good grappler, very good grappler, and that's, this is a tough stylistic matchup for Molly, but I do think if she can get the win here on Saturday that that she's going to her, – her stock is going to skyrocket because coming off the two spinning back elbow wins, that's already enough. You know, she's – She's all over Barstool and all, all other stuff. So this could be a, a really turning point in her career if Molly can pull this win off. However, difficult matchup for her is what it is. Next up to bat, Dominic Reyes, uh, Ryan Spann. Listen, man, I, I'm call me weird, but I think Reyes may have just like, yeah, let's, let's look at him. Lost a Yuri, no shame. Yawn, no shame. John Jones. Listen, I don't... I, I don't know where I stand on this because my initial thought what I was gonna stay what I was gonna say was he just hasn't seemed the same after the Jones loss. Losing to two former back to back, you know, champions. Like or Yuri is the champion and Blahovich is is the uh, champion two times removed. I mean I, and John Jones is the greatest fighter or one of the greatest fighters of all time, depending on who you're talking to. I just I, there's no shame in those losses. You know, there's no shame in those losses. But even then it just doesn't look like he's been himself, like he's searching for something, you know, maybe a certain level of confidence. Because listen, those those fights, that fight with Jones, fights like that will take it out of you emotionally. And and you, you like fighters, I do feel like fighters develop like a certain sense of uh, 
I don't know, like, like <laughs> it sounds super dramatic, like, but like PTSD, right? Like, I, I feel like these guys do develop some from the tough matchups. I, I feel like they do develop that. Now, Crossroman Ryan Spann is another guy that I feel like, I don't want to say he's been inconsistent, but dude, like we've seen him look really on, you know, like look incredible. And we've also seen him drop fights that where I feel like he could have won, you know. Uh, lost to Anthony Smith, no shame in that. Coming off of a win over uh, Ian Kudalaba, which I actually liked him a lot in that fight. First round guillotine. He's got a great guillotine. That's the one thing about Span in terms of the grappling department that you got to look out for is the is the guillotine. Fast, athletic. He's got great power. I think this fight is predominantly going to take place standing. I wouldn't be shocked if either one of these guys try to shoot a takedown, but I think uh, primarily this is going to be a kickboxing match. And I got to think that the longer that this fight goes on, the better for Reyes this is going to be not because there's a cardio issue on the span side but because of the speed and power I think is going to start to slow down a bit as the fight starts to settle so this one's a tough for me uh, a little a little tough one for me but I I, I kind of want to you know I, I feel like I feel like span is looking for like some consistency you know he's win loss win loss win loss and uh I feel like Reyes is you know he's on a three fight skid against the elites you know I feel like he needs I feel like both of these guys are really in a must win situation and this is a difficult matchup for both of them. It's a it's a tough stylistic matchup. They're matched very evenly, in my opinion. Uh, but you know, we're talking about consistency. I like to I like to pick on consistency, and I do feel like Dominic has been a little bit more consistent of the two, even though he's coming off three losses in a row. Dot dot dot. John Jones, Jan Blahovic, Yuri. Right, so there's no shame in those. I lean Reyes, but I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not married to it at all. However, this next fight I am I am married to a little bit, and that's uh, Hanato Moicano versus Brad Riddell. Um, I I am just I think Brad Riddell is extremely tough, and I think he's a good striker. I just I am I'm not convinced that stylistically he's going to be able to hang up with Moicano and his ability to to mix up his game. And, and Moicano is an extremely underrated grappler, 16 and five record. If you look at his losses, man, they're pretty good. I don't know if you've heard of these guys or not. RDA, Rafael Faziv, Korean Zombie in his heyday, Jose Aldo, and then Brian Ortega. <laughs> I mean, he's got, like, those are, those are all his losses. Yeah, those are his losses. And he's got some good wins too. Cub Swanson, Calvin Cater, uh, Jai Herbert, Alex Hernandez, uh, I, just, I mean, he's got it. You know, he's good. And then I don't feel like uh, go to go to Brad uh, Brad Riddell. I feel like Brad Riddell is going to be matched up well against guys that are willing to sit in the pocket with him and play that I, uh, the trading game. Guys like Jalen Turner and Fazeev, who are very good at range, uh, those guys are going to give him problems. Drew Dober, a good stylistic matchup for him. I thought that fight was really close. Um, I actually favored uh, Dober in that. De Silva, tough. Malarkey, that was a banger, if you guys don't remember that. I just feel like Moicano's ability to mix the fight up. You know, I feel like his ability to mix in the takedowns. And I do feel like if this fight hits the ground, that there's going to be some real problems for Riddell. I really do that. Not that he's, uh, I don't think he's ever been submitted. Uh, well, I guess didn't Jalen, Jalen, well, he did early on in 2018, he was submitted. And then Jalen uh, submitted him as well. But I believe he was hurt, if I remember correctly. Jalen hurt him first and then did. But Moicano's grappling is incredible. And he showed his toughness in his last fight against RDA that he can hang in there and take the take those big shots and, and keep on coming. So I gotta lean, uh, I gotta lean Moicano on that one. Man, this, there's a bunch of weird matchups on this. Hooker, uh, Dan Hooker, Claudio Puyos. 
Um, striker versus grappler. Hooker, he's got to be coming off three or four losses in a row, right? Like, he got, I forgot about the Nazrat win. So he's one and four in his last five. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Chandler, Poirier, Islam, Arnold Allen. Goodness gracious. I mean, his win against Nazrat is good, and he beat Nazrat. Uh, and, you know, after that, wins over Felder, Iaquinta, James Vick. Uh, get, get to uh, Puyos for me. I believe he's coming off of a knee bar over Clay Guida. Is that right? Yep. Clay Guida, knee bar, Chris Gushmacher, Jordan Levitt. This is all going to be precedent on if he can get the takedown or not. I don't feel like he can strike with Hooker at all. And I don't think Puyos' wrestling is anything uh, incredible. His grappling is very good. He attacks legs very well. If this fight hits the ground, look for Puyos to be getting to a uh, half guard or deep half guard position and look for him to start attacking leg locks. And if he does that, if he's able to get to that deep half position, I would, uh, if I'm Dan Hooker, I would be very cautious of the game that I play there. All that being said, I feel like Puyos is in a similar position in the feet. You got to be very cautious of what Hooker's throwing. He's got a great jab, great high knee. The way he times his high knee uh, in the open mat is incredible. He's he's knocked out. Uh, the knockout over Jim Miller was gross. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful technique. And I feel like he's got it. You know, he's. I don't want to say he's lost it because he's lost the four out of five to you know the elites of the division, and. Uh, this is a striker versus grappler. You know, if Hooker can keep this fight standing, uh, I could see this fight ending in any way, sub or knockout, early or late decision. I could see it all here. And this one's this one's a an extremely in terms of props, it's extremely difficult to uh, to to look at. But if I had to, if I have a gun to my head right now, I like Hooker. I think he's going to be able to stop the takedowns, and I think the striking discrepancy is going to be pretty big um, across from him with Puyos. So I like, I like Hooker there. Um, my man, Katikas, Chris Katerras, call him Katikas at the gym. 18 and three. Listen, this kid, uh, one of the best low kickers in that division. Very, very, very good, uh, low kicker. I mean, attacks the calf really well. He's got multiple, uh, multiple, multiple low kick, uh, finishes. And he, he is very good at range attacks the calf really well, has underrated grappling, and is honestly, he's very, very difficult to hit. He's very difficult to get a hold of. He's very difficult to find out there. And, uh, you know, that's uh, with Frankie's style. Frankie plays that, that you know, that real close middle boxing game. I, I, it's tough. This one's a difficult matchup because Frankie just, you know, father time is undefeated, and I just, Frankie just has not looked the same. It's just adding up, man. He's got he's got pushing forty fights, Cheeto and Corey Sanhagen, and he beat Pedro Munoz, man. Like, listen, he's only losing to the elites too. Holloway, KZ. This is a crazy Brian Ortega. You know, like he's only losing to the elites of this division, man. And uh, he's got wins over Rodriguez. And and honestly, if you're if you're capping this fight and if you're looking at this fight, Rodriguez is the closest. Uh, comparable right it's the closest comp that you have to Chris Gutierrez you know he beat Yair he beat him by taking him down I think I think Chris has a little slightly better takedown defense you know and 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 uh the range is going to be different I do uh, Yair starts to spin a lot and that sometimes all that spinning can leave you open for the you know to get to the legs to get to the body uh Chris doesn't spin as much you know so this is this is a difficult fight for me to cap but if I had to if I had to pick here I like uh, I like Chris, you know his his ability to kick the the leg. I feel like his kicks are going to play a really big role in this fight. I feel like you're going to see him kick the kick the body and kick the low uh, the low calf a ton here and keep uh, keep Frankie at range. I feel like this is going to be very difficult for Frankie to get in. However, if Frankie is able to get that takedown, 
I do think there could be problems on the Gutierrez side, you know? I want to see what the age difference is. I know Chris is 31. How old is Frankie? Frankie's not, he's not a, I think he's, I think he's just a 41. Man, I was going to say, they have that stat that I like to look at a lot for a 10-year age discrepancy. There's like a 69% win percentage for the younger guy. So that's something to look at, right? I mean, that's just, that right there alone is a pretty incredible stat to look at. There's a 10-year age discrepancy or more, 69% of the time the young guy wins. So right there just would, would lead you to believe that taking all the skills out of it, that Chris has a good shot of winning this fight. Feature fight of the night, my personal favorite fight, the people's main event, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler. Man, I can't imagine this fight being anything other than absolute bonkers, right? Like, I, you know, I think if, if Chandler was smart, if Chandler was smart, he's, I think he would wrestle here. However, I just saw him do an interview with uh, with Ariel, and he said that at the end of your career, or not even in the, I don't think he said in the career. He said, when people remember you, they don't remember you by your wins and losses. They remember you by how you made them feel. And that stuck to me because I feel like now, in my head, I was like, is he going to shoot? Well, that just told me I feel like he's he wants to fight for the fans. And if he wants to fight for the fans... He's going to stand right in front of Dustin Poirier, and these guys are going to do what everybody expects them to do. You know, Poirier, uh, Gaethje, Chandler, Gaethje. And now we just see the the uh, the Poirier-Chandler matchup. You know, I can't imagine it looking anything different than any of those other two matchups. So if that is the case, if this matchup is toe-to-toe -to -toe right in front of them, Chandler will have the speed advantage. He will have the wrestling advantage, although I don't think he's going to use it. He will have the speed advantage. But... I've said this before, and I, I, I quoted this again, and uh, maybe we can, we can reel this or whatever, but if you're in a dogfight, there's not very many people I would rather have by my side than Dustin Poirier. If this was five rounds, I would lean Poirier way more. I would like, I would like Poirier a lot more. I do like him in this fight. But the fact that it is three rounds, I feel like Chandler is a three-round fighter, and he's very good in three rounds. Uh, I feel like this fight could could potentially be close. But once again, if this fight turns into the dogfight that I think it's going to be, there's not very many people that I would want on my team than Dustin Poirier. I mean, he has just proven time and time again, when the going gets tough, he's the guy you can count on to pull out wins. I would think that, that Poirier is going to try to kick those legs. You know, Chandler has shown a deficiency in the past with being able to stop that calf kick, and Poirier has shown that to be an asset in the, in the McGregor fight. So uh, this is a very intriguing matchup. Very intriguing matchup. Anything can happen here. I wouldn't be shocked if Chandler won this fight. But like I said, if we're talking about who I want by my side in a 15-minute all-out war, Dustin Poirier is the guy that I'm picking over just about anybody. Carlos Barza, Wei Li Zhang. This one is an interesting one, right? Because we all know we all know what's going what's gonna to happen in terms of who's going to try to what. Carlos is going to be looking to take this fight to the ground. And Wei Li is, she's good everywhere, but she has been taken down before. And I, listen, I, Esparza is constantly disrespected, constantly, constantly, constantly. And we, you know, we liked her in the, uh, in the Rose fight. And I, it's crazy because I was at the PI this past, uh, this past weekend and I saw Wei Li in their training and she looks like an absolute animal, like, ridiculous she's so fast so explosive 
and her cardio just seems to be through the through the roof right now. And uh, I got to think that Carla is going to be looking very similar, but man, Whaley just looks so powerful. She just, it's just, you just don't see the type of power and explosiveness that she's producing out of most 115 pound women. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. You know, uh, this one's a tough one. I do feel like Carla is going to have to get the takedowns here. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you're looking to play this, Whaley to hedge with Carla by decision might be your play. You know, that might be your, that might be the best way to play it. But Way looked, Whaley looked absolutely incredible. And I, I think she's got a few more ways to win this fight. However, Carla, she's got that relentlessness on her takedown and, and she could cause some drama. You know, we saw that. We've seen that in the past. She's got some great wins here. I mean, Rose, Rose, she beat Rose, obviously. Uh, she beat Rose twice, I believe. Yan, she just beat Yan. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Watterson, Alexa Grasso. <laughs> I mean, Jandra Roba, her, I think her, she lost to Tatiana and uh, Joanna. I think, uh, how many losses does she have? Three, two or three. Claudia Gadelli, split decision. That's right. That's right. And that fight was, uh, that fight was, was questionable as well. So, uh, oh, Random Marcos is in there as well. I don't know what happened with that. Everybody's off, everybody's entitled to an off night. But she's got some real wins, some real legit wins. And I feel like she's constantly disrespected. I think the way to play this is if, if you're looking to bet this, Wei Lee, money line, and then Carla, decision is the way to go. Uh, gun to my head, I got to go Wei Lee here, though. Lastly, main event, Israel Adesanya, Alex Pereira. Uh, I've struggled back and forth with this. We did the main event breakdown on this uh, probably a month or two ago, and I've really struggled with this fight because, you know, I, I feel like that Pereira is going to be the first guy that really makes Izzy fight. You know, he's really going to press him and I feel like he understands Izzy and he understands the game that he plays and he has competed against him. So that's got to that's got to give you a certain level of confidence going into a UFC 281 main event that you've already beat this guy twice in kickboxing. However, this is not kickboxing and I do feel like Edesanya has tailored his game for more of an uh an MMA style than Pereira has. And we're talking about a guy with seven fights, seven MMA fights. He's got a ton of combat sports experience, but it is not MMA. Izzy has 24 and has been competing at an extremely high level in MMA for quite some time now. He's been defending against the best, uh, the elites of the 85 division for a few years now, right? And no one has seemed to really come close other than Gastelum maybe. And that, that just seems like a... So long ago, you know, it just seems like that would not happen again. But look at this resume: Cannoneer, Whitaker by decision, Vittori by decision, Paula Costa, Yoel Romero knocked Whitaker out, Kelvin Gastelum, Anderson Silva, Derek Brunson, Brad Tavares, Marvin Vittori. I mean, dude, his his first fight in the UFC was Marvin Vittori. That's a tough debut. That's a really tough debut. And it, like I said, his lone loss at at 205 to Jan Blahovich. It just seems like he's extremely difficult to find out there. And if if I had to say a style that would give him issues, I would say that blitz style. And I just don't think that uh Pereira has that. You know, I I think uh I think Pereira's gonna have to pressure him and he's not gonna be able to sit at range with Izzy, I don't think. Not, and not that he's gonna get beat up. I just think he's gonna have a hard time finding Izzy because Izzy has really dialed in that MMA range. And Pereira is still kind of sitting in the pocket. Now, if he launches that left hook 
from left field and lands, there's going to be problems because he's got probably the biggest left hook in all of MMA. And, and uh, he's got power in both hands, ridiculous. Like, he's got the ability to end a fight like that. And I think lately we've seen more of a elusive, conservative game from Izzy, which, you know, some people don't like, but I actually think it's going to serve him a little bit better in this fight against uh, Pereira. So it's definitely an interesting, uh, it's definitely an interesting matchup. Man, the, for me, whenever I get two guys that are, that are matched very similar in terms of style, Experience goes a long way for me. Ex experience and style. Like Izzy is going to look to elude, and he's going to look to pick the jab and the low kick and score points. And I think the fact that he's got 24 MMA fights is going to—I mean, he's got a wealth of experience that he can really bring to the table here. So Pereira, being six and one, I just—if if Izzy's putting complex things in front of him, I just—you know—I I don't want to say that. He can't figure it out because, like I said, he's got how many kickboxing matches? But this is not kickboxing. It is MMA. The range is different. The speed is different. Uh, the power is different. And both of them, some are better. You know what I mean? Like some are higher, some are lower on both sides. It reminds you of uh, Stipe and Francis one, where it was just like a little too soon. And I could be wrong here, but I, I feel like that that is a great representation of what this fight looks like, you know? And fr Francis kind of brings that same danger factor that Pereira did. But, man... This is a very interesting. It's a very interesting matchup. Uh, I'm leaning Izzy, and and that's only from the experience. You know, if you if you tell me on Sunday morning that Alex Pereira knocks out Izzy with a left hook, I would not be shocked in the in the slightest. Um, I do feel like he's going to be a little bit more difficult to find than most. He plays uh, Izzy. Izzy plays that lean back game, which is kind of hard to hit. But man, we will see. You know, they both have some really uh, really elite level skills in their game. And I think that both of these guys are going to be able to have moments against each other. You know, they will have moments against each other. And I'm excited to see how both of them respond to the other. And I think whoever responds best, typically the guy with more experience, is going to win this fight, which is exactly why I'm leaning Israel Adesanya to take this fight. 281, stack card, stack card. I mean, bottom, bottom and top, top to bottom, bell to bell, stack card. You don't want to miss this one. You want to be there. At, uh, at, at, at 1 p.m. whenever the prelims start or whatever time it is. Great card. See you guys later in the week.